Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. Are y'all ready? Yes. I better hear some loud responses. Yes. I'm super excited. So like you guys know, we're talking about y'all's favorite topic ever, relationships. I know y'all are loving it, and I'm excited to talk about it tonight. Now, I haven't been here for the last two weeks, but I got to listen to both Morgan and Amzie's message on the podcast. They were both so good. If you didn't hear them, go back and listen. Um, They both had great points about why we should wait today and how to enjoy our our singleness. And so basically they both stole my message, but that's okay. We're going to rehear it. It's great. Going to be a great night. So are you all ready for the title? There's a funny story to go with the title tonight. So two weeks ago when Morgan was preaching her message, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw the Corey pop up and I was like, more, what Morgan's title was, was right there. I was like, want to date. I was like, no way. This is awesome. I was like, I, was, I had something that night, so I didn't get to make it. But So I texted my friends in a group chat, and I was like, guys, I'm so upset. They're talking about wanting to date tonight. I was like, who doesn't want to hear about that? I'm embarrassing myself, but I'm also, it was humbling. So I was like, guys, they're talking about wanting to date tonight. Like, let me know how it is. I want all the points, blah, 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 blah. Then they humbled me real fast, and they were like, um, it's wait to date. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that's probably smarter. That's the smarter route to go. So I was thinking, what should I name my message? Like, I couldn't come up with a title. I was like, I love a good title. So I was like, it's got to be good. And so we're continuing the topic of relationships tonight. So the title of my message is, So You Want to Date. Uh-huh. So instead of wait today, tonight it's want today. And anyways, tonight realize that I am not a relationship expert, but this is just what God has shown me for myself, and I just want to share it with you guys. And so before I dive into my first point tonight, has anyone heard of or know of the woman at the well? I feel like if you grew up in church, you know, we've, we've heard it a lot. And we're not going to read it, but tonight I'm just going to dive into a little part of her story. And so I encourage you to go read it if you want to. It's in John 4. But this woman, she was an outcast. You know, she had a past. Everybody knew about her. And um, she was married not one time, but five times. And she was talking to number six. And so one day she had an encounter with God, at the, with Jesus at the well. And uh, at first she didn't even know who he was. You know, she was just like, who is this man asking me to fetch him some water? Why is he even talking to me? But as they talked, she realized who he was and what his importance was. And I want you guys to realize tonight that it wasn't until the seventh man that she met Jesus. She was never satisfied in her relationships, and she didn't even know that she could be. And so my first point tonight is no relationship will ever be enough if God isn't first. You know, this means that No matter how many relationships you have, how many girlfriends you have, how many boyfriends you have, no matter how many, if you don't learn to put and keep God first in your life, they will never last. You'll never be satisfied. It took the woman seven times to realize that. You know, it took her seven times to figure out that you have to understand, you have to first understand God's love for you before you can understand anyone else's for you. So what did she keep do? Keep doing. She kept settling. 
You know, maybe because this guy gave her attention over here. Maybe this one over here was giving her all the gifts she wanted. Maybe this one was telling her exactly what she wanted to hear. Maybe this one was doing that and that one was doing that, etc. Whatever it is, but realize that settling is simply setting yourself up for failure. And, you know, from her example, we see six failed relationships. So do not settle because you're bored or you're lonely or all your friends got the girls or the boys. And so we're going to take a look at Matthew 6.33. And it said, says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. You know, Morgan talked about it the other week about our wants versus our needs. And how many of you know that God knows what we need more than we know what we need? You know, so don't allow your desires to create destruction in your life. You know, don't, don't allow your desires to destroy the destiny that God has for you. Not saying that you can't desire, but don't let it, your desires overpower what God has for you. And so you're going to have to take the responsibility of finding out for yourself who God is and what he means to you, just like that woman did at the well. And if she wouldn't, and maybe if she would have taken the time to dive into the word and to seek God, maybe instead of going to relationship after relationship, man to man, and she would have just kept herself on track by following the Holy Spirit and, and God. Maybe she just would have met the one that God called her to be with in the first place. And, you know, you're not going to be able to look through the world lens of what relationships are. Because if you do, you'll never see fruit. You won't see faithfulness. You're not going to see purity, loyalty, trust, etc. You're going to have to look through the biblical lens. And the, and the God lens of what relationships are and what God has in store for you. And another thing I want to tell you all tonight is sometimes you're going to have to understand that there's going to be season, seasons in your life where it's just you and God. Nobody else. No boyfriends. No girlfriends. Maybe not even some close friendships. You know, but understand that God has your back. And out of any, any relationship you'll ever have, he will always remain the most faithful. You know, he'll never leave you. He'll never break your heart. He'll never leave you unopened. He'll never ignore you. And so if it's just you and God, that's okay. Actually, that's great because you get to, you get to keep learning how to keep him first. And so it's okay if it's just you and God. So that was my first point tonight. And my second point tonight is... You choose how you wait. And I better see some hands on this because I can count on more than two hands how many times I've heard these sayings. How many of you all have heard, like, waiting is worth it. And don't waste the waiting. One person? Thank you, Pat. Anyway, (laughs) I know hearing that gets annoying. Trust me. I know. But it's also so true because how many times do people waste it? You know, oftentimes people do waste it. And I think, personally, I think that the biggest factor of why we waste the waiting so many times is because it's up to us how we wait, right? Like there's no instruction manual on how to, how to wait and, and a list of how everyone should wait because it's just up to you. And now the Holy Spirit can help you and guide you and you have people in your life giving you all the tips and tricks on what they did in their season of singleness 
But really, when it comes down to it, it's your choice. And I want to ask a question. Does anyone know what God gave every person on the planet? Believers and non-believers. Free will. He gave everyone free will. You know, he's not going to force you to do anything that you don't want to do. And that's why it's up to us. And that's why we have to make the personal choice of how you wait. So you choose how you wait. And so I want to ask you, and I want you to keep thinking about this. How are you going to wait? Are you going to go like the self-pity route where you're just like sad and lonely and depressed and you're like, I'm still 13, I'm still lonely? Or are you going to go the party route where you're like, ah, let's party and let's jump around from person to person because you're bored and you want to spice up your life and you're lonely? Are you going to go the fake it till you make it route where you're like, praise God, I'm single. And then behind closed doors, you're like losing it. You're like so mad, everything like that. Are you going to be like the, well, everyone else is in a relationship. All my friends are. Everybody on social media has somebody. Or are you going to go the best route? And are you going to choose to be joyful and hopeful in this season and to prepare yourself and devote the time that you have right now to God? And listen, I know it's not the funnest. I know it's not the most flashy option, and yeah. I know it's, it may not be easy, yeah. and, and I get it, but I want to encourage you all that instead of watching the clock being like, God, mm, yep. mm, I'm still lonely, but, you know, I've prayed, I've made my list, I go to church, I serve, I have great friends I hang around, you're just checking off. Instead of watching the clock, focus on your calling. Instead of focusing on the clock, focus yes. on your calling. Yes. You know, but Shubulin, I don't, I don't really know what that is. Well, that's okay. you got all the time right now to figure that out. You, you're not having to focus on anybody else right now. You, you have all the time to focus on yourself because you're waiting. And I think so often we just get caught up in our own ideas and our own plans for our lives, and we focus on what we want and our steps instead of the ones that God has for us. And I love this scripture. I think it shows a great, a great point for this, and it's in Proverbs 16, 9. And it says, we plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. So it's not what I want or what I have for my life, but God, what do you have? And while you're waiting, it's the perfect time to unravel that. So, so what can you do now while you're waiting to help further you? I'm so glad you guys asked because I have a list. So you can get in your Bible and have time where you talk to God. You can serve in your local church. We have tons of opportunities for you guys to do that. And also, if any of you want to get on the youth band, you reach out to me or Madeline or Stephen personally because we would love it. You can cultivate and invest time in good friendships because how many of you know Friendships are relationships, too, and they're just as important. So cultivate those and invest in good friendships. You can take the time to learn and try new things. Pick up a new hobby. I don't know, join a club at school, join a new sport, do art, make a club, vlog, blog. I don't know. There's so many options. Pick one up. And you can take this time to do any healing that you need to so you don't have to bring that hurt and trauma, and unforgiveness, and baggage into a new relationship. 
And I also want to add, I feel like sometimes we're just like, sometimes we think, oh, it's like down the road, like it's fine. But I think that, um, no, I know while you're waiting, you should be spending time praying for your future person. And I heard someone say one time, and it changed the way I thought about this, but it says, in your waiting season, you should strive to become what you're wanting in a future mate. And what does that mean? That means that if I'm asking for, if, if I'm asking God for a man who's kind and smart and mature and funny, loves kids, goes to goes to church, puts God first. If I'm asking for all those things, and then on the other hand, I'm out partying and I'm being crazy and I'm jumping around from this dude to this dude to this dude, and I go to church when I have the time and I talk to God when I have the time, etc. If you're not willing to make the changes in your life for yourself, then you're going to get what you give. So you need to work on things for you that you're asking for someone else. Does that make sense to you guys? And overall, when you choose how you wait, just keep running your race with your eyes and your thoughts fixed on God. And he will bring someone along who's at the pace to run with you or run ahead of you. And I know it's cliche. I know, I know we hear it all the time, but I promise that waiting is worth it. Yeah. And I promise that waiting can be good if we choose to do it the right way. Yeah. And so you choose how you wait. And my last point tonight is realize relationships aren't meant to be fixes, but kingdom-built foundations. Wow. And this is really important because... We live in a culture now that tells us that there's a remedy for every situation, for every problem, for everything that you're going to go to. You know, there's so many new fixes. I mean, just look at the world. If you have a, if you have a bald spot now, they have, like, spray-on color hair. <laughs> they also have, like, just this little thing surface. It's like a cup warmer to keep your coffee hot all day. And I kind of feel like we're starting to live, like, in a cloudy with a chance of meatballs world. Like, next we're going to have, like, raining food and all these cool gadgets, like the spray-on shoes. I don't know. But anyways, tonight, understand that people cannot fix you. And understand that relationships, relationships are not cures for your life. Because I think so many times people think, if I can just get into a relationship then the other person will help me. You know, I'll feel better. Problem solved. They'll make me happy. They'll make me laugh. They'll make me giggle. But listen to me when I say that the waiting season that we just talked about, that's the time for you to heal before you get with somebody else. You know, that's your preparation time. So jumping into a relationship when you have things in your life that you're going through can be dangerous because, one, you're bringing that into a relationship, but two, you have the expectation that that other person you're dating is going to take that pain away. And so when in reality only God can heal your hurts, only God can help fix areas in your life, only God can help you with that broken heart or any problem that you have in your life. So relationships aren't meant to be fixes, but kingdom-built foundations. So we're going to take a look at what a kingdom, kingdom built foundation is. Are y'all ready? So I got a few scriptures for you and we're going to read them, but I want you all to not only think about these for yourself, but for your future person and you're not off the hook. These are for you too. Okay. We're going to start in first Corinthians 13, four through seven. Love 
is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflates its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing for the best. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. So this means asking yourself, does the way I love people, does the way I love people line up with this verse, but does the way my person line up with this verse too? So am I and who I am with patient? Are they kind? Are they boastful and disrespectful? Are they honest? Are they a safe person for you? Do they give up easy? You know, these are important to ask. So this verse is a good place to come to and ask these questions. So next we're going to move to Proverbs 27, 17. And it says, it takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade. And so one person sharpens the character of another. So my second question for a kingdom built foundation, does this relationship sharpen you? Is this person you are with helping you be more like Christ? Are they nicely correcting you when you say or do something wrong? Or are they not correcting you at all when you're wrong? You know, do they help build your character positively or negatively? You know, only you can answer these questions. And they're really good questions to even ask in your friendships. So do they sharpen you and point you towards Christ and help you be better? The next one that we're going to take a look at is in Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Y'all with me? And it says, Later Peter approached Jesus and said, How many times do I have to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? Seven times? Jesus answered, Not seven times, Peter, but 70 times seven times. So, will will your person be quick to forgive when things happen in life? Because trust me, things are going to happen. And there's going to be situations. So how do they forgive? Because when you're, when you're looking at relationships, grudges and strife are deadly to any relationship that you'll have in your life. So how do they forgive? The next one is in Galatians 6, 2 through 3. And it says, Love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as we carry each other's troubles. If you think that you're somebody too important to stoop down to help another, when you're really not, then you're living in deception. So a kingdom relationship is one where they're there for you even when you're not at your best. You know, one where even in your lowest moments, when other people walk away or move on, they stay and they help carry you. And they pray for you and over you. You know, they point you towards Christ and not towards the problem or the situation. So they're there for you even when you're not at their best, when you're not at your best. The next one is in Matthew 23, 11, and this is Jesus saying, the greatest among you will be the one who always serves others. So do they have a servant's heart? Do they serve in church? How will they be able to serve you? You know, this is for you too. How can you serve them? You know, ask yourself who has their heart. Is it God? Or is it culture? Is it sports? 
Is it social media? Is it work? Because that will be vital to how they not only serve their church, but also how they can serve you. And lastly, the last scripture that we're going to look at. And listen, there's tons that I could have went through tonight, but I just picked out six for us. And the last one is in 1 Corinthians 10.31. And it says, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So does your relationship glorify God or the world? You know, is your relationship even different from the world at all? Is it that is it that world lens or is it that God lens I was talking about earlier? You know, can people look at your relationship and say, yeah, that's a God thing? You know, can they see the God kind of love in your relationship? And I want to add this because all these questions are great, but if you don't apply them to your life and to your relationships because you think that whoever you're with is already a Christian, I'm not trying to step on toes or make anybody upset, but understand that just being Christian isn't enough. You know, we hear people say all the time that they're a Christian, but their lifestyle just really doesn't add up to that. So, listen, having a real relationship with God is different than just saying words that don't add up to how you live your life. So, listen to me when I say that compromising is costly. You know, but Shelby Lynn, he goes to church. But he's cute. She's cute. I love them. They say that they love God. They're so nice. No, compromising is costly. If they don't add up to these these things and more, compromising is costly. So don't settle, but strive towards what God has for you. And listen, I know that sometimes when we did a relationships when I was in the court, of relationship series when I was in the Corey, I was like, eh, it doesn't really apply to me right now. But, or like, mm, I don't really, you know, your mindset is like, mm, okay. But listen to me, this series is not just to tell you that you can't date till you're 30 when you have everything lined out for your life. It's not to tell you that you can't even date. It's just to help you understand that God wants what's best for you in your life. You know, he doesn't want to see you off track. He doesn't want to see your heart broken after after heartbreak, after heartbreak. He doesn't want to see six failed relationships like the woman at the well. He wants fulfilling kingdom relationships that are built on him. And so as I close, I just want to remind us what a kingdom relationship is. Y'all ready? It is patient. It is kind. It does not envy. Two, it sharpens you. A kingdom-built relationship forgives. It's there for you even when you're at your lowest. It serves, and it glorifies God. And that's all I have tonight, and I'm so excited I got to share that with you guys. And I'm going to close this out in prayer. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media.